You're listening to Alana Fitzgerald's Because I Can podcast. Hope you enjoy. I have to move that away from my face. Oh, no, I'm blocking my face. Now, a big, big hello to everybody out there in podcast land. Now, I I normally say, because when I do the audio, I normally say I have the best surprise today, but they can see you. So it's <laughs> it's a it's a surprise, but a, a seeing surprise. Now we have with us today, and by us I mean me, showbiz journalist, entertainment reporter from Studio Ten, author, radio presenter, TV personality. The list goes on and on. The fantabulous Craig Bennett. Oh, Alana, what a joy. Now, you might note we have a little glass of something Mm -hmm. bubbly here. Mm -hmm. And just before we came on, you imparted, to me, quite the shocking secret. Mm, I'm sitting with a virgin. I mean, in terms of being a champagne virgin, you have not had a champagne pass those lush lips of yours in your entire life. Spumante once. Yes, I did tell Craig about Spumante and that's when I was about 14. It's about the first thing I drank. It yeah. actually was. And as you said, there was an emphasis on the spew part. And it was the last thing she drank. So there's been quite a drought. <laughs> and here we go. We're going to break that drought. And Alana, cheers. cheers. It's a joy Ooh. to be with you. Did you Thank hear that? You. <gasps> and it's only 10 oh. in the morning. Let's I know it is. But it's a champagne time oh. somewhere in the oh, world. Look, I'm into it before you. <laughs> you better get to it because yeah. evaporation oh. does if you don't. Oh. Does it? Ah, oh. oh, that is mother's milk. Suddenly I feel alive. Oh. You're wincing. Yeah, just a little. It mm. tastes um, a tad like apple cider vinegar. Is that right? Well, they say apple cider vinegar is very good for you. Oh, well, there you go. See, and if I keep hooking into that now, mm. there's a reason why. And wonderful Madame Clicquot would be rolling in her well-rolled grave yes. if she knew that you'd mm. likened this to apple cider oh, vinegar. I can't take that back. Hang on, I'll You can't take it back, no, oh, no because this is live and in living colour, isn't yes, it? true. Just okay. keep sipping, girl. Mm. That's what you do. i tell you what, because after about probably two, three, four, five sips, mm. I'll be like, this is bloody beautiful. And of then course. you won't get any more. That's it. So you better get it into you while you can. I could then mm. substitute the wonderful bubbles for some spumante and you wouldn't oh. even know what you were drinking. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It you might, wouldn't. Subconsciously it might come back and I may have a, a slight dry heave. Mm. But other than That's that. That's okay. Mm. I just hope it is mm. a dry one. Yes, so do I. Nothing worse than a moist heave. <laughs> That's right, especially when there's all this equipment everywhere. That's right, yes, it could seize up. Mm, that's right. That well, wouldn't be a joy. And I'd be in big, big trouble. Your little right. red light would mm. dim. It would. Do you know what? That little bloody red light. Mm. One time I was doing a uh, an interview with this absolutely beautiful Native American man. And, and who was he? Um, his name is J.P. Jeremy. Now, what mm-hmm. if I didn't remember his name? That's then? it. Put you on the <laughs> spot. Shocking. His name's J.P. Jem- Jeremy. And I said, I'm I'm tripping over my tongue as I'm talking about him. It's the bubbles. Oh, no, it's not. It's him. (laughs) It's the last you have. Oh, my lordy. And it was only audio. Lucky, or I would have just been going, like Homer Simpson. So, Was there somebody there to mop up your drool? I had a bucket around my neck. Thankfully. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I know. You fought thick. I did. And Rob, who owns this studio, we're at uh, Absolute Digital. Uh, You are at Studio... Oh, look, I can't remember two nah, bloody see, two sips and you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't even know where I am. I'll think about that later. Anyway, the last thing Rob said to me, who owns this studio, was make sure you hit the record button. I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, no worries. Checking. Yep. 
So I was three quarters of the way through the interview with the gorgeous, luscious JP Jeremy, and I've looked at the button and it wasn't, wasn't on. on. Wasn't on. No, you see, you oh. need that button to be the colour of um, Barnaby Joyce, don't you? Yes, you do. <laughs> and it yes, wasn't. It wasn't. No. So then he was talking, and I'm having eighty-five conniptions going. <gasps> But I haven't hit the bloody button. And how do you say, you say, dear Jeremy, um, I have mm. a small problem. Do mm. you mind if we do a take two and I'll actually turn the equipment on? That's what I had to say. But I may have embellished the story a tad because I said, now I don't know what's going on here. Something it was a little bit funny before, but somehow the button hasn't worked. I couldn't possibly say, which I probably am now, I was so like dribbling over you that I forgot to hit the record button. So this is true confessions now. I think it might be. And if Jeremy's mm. tuning in, he'll mm. suddenly, the other shoe will drop, everything will make sense, yeah. and he'll think, well, I was with a real dill. Yeah. That's what he'll think. <laughs> or a stalker. Mm. Well, Lips. it depends. Lips. Have you been in touch since? Uh, Only every day? No, mm. I'm not answering that. No. So, okay. But, yes. But I had to say to him, well, I'm so sorry. Yeah, whatever's happened, it's you know, something strange has gone on here. But you moved past that speed yeah, hump. Well, he, but he so graciously said, "Well, we'll just do it again." So How we did it is again. That? I know. Mm. Thank you, Jeremy. Oh, yeah, I'll move on, or I'll forget where I am again. Okay, now yes. before we get into juicy yes. gossip bits, and and I want to actually talk about you, and mainly I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That is so kind of you. To say say yes to come out here and to do the podcast, and why wouldn't Grateful. I? So you get champagne. On there is flowing on. bubbles. There are fabulous yes. stories, and not mm. only that, but your red buttons on. Well, I mean, seriously, it. the ducks yep. have lined up, haven't no, they? They have, and he means that red button. That table. red button there, yep. Just, there, just mm-hmm. in case you're thinking, because you were, yep. Yeah, okay, I'll move on before I have to do this. The content. Oh is no, hang on, wrong one. Uh-huh. Yeah, the no, red. that's the wrong that's one. That's a purple one. button. Oh, <laughs> Mm, that's well, now. I love all that. <laughs> How fabulous is that? I know. Listen, this one's a bit creepy because I have all different segments and one of them's Gather Round the Campfire. Oh, yes. And it's called Suggestion Time. Mm-hmm. But every time I play it, it sounds a little bit creepy. You know Jack Nicholson when he was in that movie? and he, The Shining? He, yes. That's the one? Mm. Mm-hmm. Listen, gather Round the Campfire. It's Suggestion Time. D- does it sound like, come over here, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm sounds just like a kill bit you. of something, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Yep. Does yes, it does, right, so and I could hear the fire crackling yep. in the background. Do you know how long it took to get that bloody fire background? I can background? only imagine. Oh my lordy! Anyway, so let's talk about you. Now, you got into all of this. I did years ago. Correct. From because I'm old. You know, it was years ago. <laughs> well, I'm decades ago. I'm not far behind you. Is that right? That's right. Okay. So, oh, there you are. Yes, yep, here we there go. You are. I, I might be later if I have a few of these. I'll be on the ground <laughs> over there. Just see my toes. I've already got the shoes off, but that's <laughs> You'd normal. You'd be mad to have them on. <laughs> I know. Are you comfy? You got your shoes off? Totally. No, shoes. look, they're comfortable shoes. Yeah, I got got the shoes off. They run for the hills when I took my boots off. Let me tell you. So now you started <laughs> this with you had snakes and lizards. Correct. Tell us about that. That I love that. I yeah. love it. I was a little boy and I just had a fascination from the get-go, from Did as you? far back as I can remember, with reptiles. Snakes, but then I figured that they were kind of, you know, above my pay grade, so I settled for lizards as pets and I knew that my parents would probably be less freaked out if I said, <laughs> could I bring a blue tongue home and have yep. it in my bedroom, uh, as if I said... Could I bring a python home and have mm-hmm. it in my bedroom? Yes. So um, 
uh, I would go bushwalking every weekend and I'd find these fabulous things and I loved all of that. And so from about that high, I was collecting lizards and then graduated onto snakes. And I can remember being in a pet store in Sydney. So this, I guess, would be the early 70s. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a big diamond python curled up in the pet shop window. And I said, oh, Mum, I so want that. And I'd been a good boy. And she said, no, I don't think so. Don't think your father had come at that. I said, oh, couldn't we just ask about the price? And so we asked the man about the price. And I think he said it was $90 for a four-foot specimen and $10 a foot after that. And oh, I remember what? thinking, well, I'd like a big one. So <laughs> that was that. That was curtains on that idea because mum said, can't afford it. That's totally ridiculous and whatever. As it happened a few weeks later, I was bushwalking, looked up in a tree and there was a beautiful diamond python curled up. And so I wrangled it down, (laughs) wrapped it around a stick and my mum and dad were so used to me coming home of a weekend, romping through the front door and saying, guess what I've found? Yes, love. Oh, yes. Yes, love. Whatever. And it wasn't a dog or a cat. No, it it wasn't. And it wasn't a turtle or an eel or a tadpole (laughs) or a yabby or a lizard. It was a very large diamond python. And once they got over the freak out... Um, and got off the chairs and, and from off the carpet, to, yeah. I think, off the Huger <laughs> carpet tile where they'd passed out, having had a conniption. Um, it just it just kind of grew from there. So I won them over, and gradually I wound up with a fabulous collection and studied them and became a herpetologist, oh. which is somebody who specialises in studying I'm reptiles. I'm glad you cleared that up, Sam. I know. You could almost like apply calamine lotion yeah, to I it, know. couldn't you? I was thinking that. Mm. Mm. Or that's something nasty. a little stronger. A and so that's essentially how oh. I got into the snakes thing and I still have, uh, having moved up from Sydney only in December of 2021 to the fabulous Gold Coast, Yay! I had my three blue-tongue lizards with me yep. and I had um, my long-time beautiful python, But um, as I was getting set to leave Sydney, the beautiful lady, fabulous Lindley Gregg, who is a a wildlife rescue queen, and she was looking after it for me and it was sleeping in her son's bedroom. Her house is full of snakes that she rescues from all situations, rehabilitates them and lets them go. That's beautiful. And unwanted pets and things as well. And so I knew it was in wonderfully safe hands until I got to the Gold Coast, could establish a beautiful habitat for it, and then I'd send... Uh, some kind of courier to pick it up and mm. she took me to lunch and she said Craig we have a problem and I thought oh, oh no. no what's happened to the python and she said you're not going to believe it my son has so fallen in love with it oh. do you think there is any chance you could live without it well I'd had that python for about 15 years oh. and we have oh. an indelible bond Alana yes. but you know just looking at her eyes and knowing how fabulous her son is and knowing how much he'd have adored it I just thought, well, I made the sacrifice and I gave it up so I'm now pythonless, but I do have my three blue tongues with me. And to get them here was so fabulous as well because um, I explored the various options to to bring them into state and I could have popped them on the plane, but then other people said, oh, they really freak out and they go into some dark hold and they don't understand all the noises and the pressures and going up and coming down and they can often die. So I thought, oh, I'm not a good driver. I'm like Mr Magoo, so I drive along (laughs) like this. Uh, in fact, I see. I look out the windows and I see girls on tricycles flying past me down the thingo. So I had like this thing akin to a coffin made that fitted the back seat and the three blue tongues were kind of in there with all the towels and things around and I just drove up the freeway from Sydney to Queensland oh, bless at about three miles an hour so they didn't hit speed humps and didn't feel freaked out and they're 
tootling along like this. Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> yes, driving the blue tongue lizards, yes. which was fabulous. I love With it. With a couple of stops on the way and it was, and they're all settled in now and it's absolutely lovely. So cheers, cheers to, that. to that. Any excuse. Yes. You asked a simple question and three hours oh. later you get the answer. And he's still know. going, I hear you say. <laughs> I love it because while you're doing that, I can have a little sip. Mm. And I tell you what, it's getting better. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, well, I mean, anything can. Yes. Sump oil, you name that's it. You know, it all know. improves, mm. doesn't it? With time. So that's actually how I got into television because as a young kid with those um, snakes, bedroom full of snakes, um, I wound up on the Don Lane show as like a 14 or 15-year-old. Back when know? the Don Lane show was absolutely huge. Yes, I remember him. Yeah, wonderful. How, he left us in 2009. Um, because the local paper did a story on me and uh, about this crazy school kid with all these pythons in his bedroom, the snake boy of St Ives, they called me. Mm-hmm. And, of course, back in those days, researchers actually researched and they found all of these crazy wonderful stories and somebody called me up one day and said um, oh I'm calling from the Don Lane show and we'd love to fly you down and we'd love you to bring your pythons and we think this is fabulous and a 14 year old boy with all with a bedroom full of snakes and so I hopped on the plane with a bag full of snakes in those days you could do those things and wow. and was put up in some fabulous suite in the region of Melbourne oh. a, as a kid I mean it was wow. incredible and then uh, where, on the Don Lane show stay? did the snakes stay I in the room I took with them you? in a carry bag and they stayed in the room with me there wasn't all those rules back then this is uh, that would have been I suppose 1978 or something yeah. like that yeah 78 77 78 did you have to pay extra for the snakes or oh, they paid they paid oh they? yes yeah, that's fine. right I, I mm. even got into a taxi with a cab charge docket and then to wow. arrive in Melbourne on into to a silver top taxi at the airport. Oh. The excitement was almost oh. to the point where Luxurious. I needed an ambulance and a resuscitation team. And the smelling salts. Oh, and the smelling salts. You bet your bippy the industrial strength smelling <laughs> yes. salts. And it was great fun and I just burst onto that set. Don was lovely. Bert was fabulous. And so that's essentially how it began. And basically I've never really been off television from that day forward. Isn't it's been that, wonderful fun. I love that. I love that story. I love what you've done. I love... That you love snakes and reptiles. I know, and I that's do. That's wonderful. Oh, I've known a few reptiles. I'm sure you I have, have, but I probably have. not of the scaly no. variety. What, they're a bit scaly. No. Oh, yeah. probably, yeah. Calamine lotion out again, I think. Mm. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, you need yeah. those fish, you know, that you dip mm. your feet into and they nibble away all oh, that yes. horrible rough skin. Yeah, yeah. Do that Lots with some of those scaly yeah. men of yours. Yeah. In fact, Just better advice, Alana, <laughs> simply don't date them. It's probably best, yes. Sure it is. Kick them to the curb, I say. Absolutely. Actually, I do. Don't let them get to your curb. That's right. That's right. Exactly, I like that. I'm Not gonna... into your cul-de-sac, my dear. That's my advice. <laughs> it. This were Beauty and the yep. Beast. And you said, what do I do, Uncle Craig? I've got these terrible problems with men. They're always scaly. They're not pleasant. They don't treat me well. Don't let them near your cul-de-sac, my dear. <laughs> I says. am that, – that is – thank you for that advice. Pleasure. I, look, I'm going to jot that down in I my so. diary. Do. And every time... Pop it in your mm, next book. Yeah, I will. There you are. Thank you. Simply because you can. Because I can. See, plug, That's it. Plug, love it. Plug it. Nothing like mm, a plug. Mm, Works wonderful for bathtubs. Thank you. It does. It does. <gasps> when I was a little kid, if I wouldn't get out of the bathtub, my mum or my dad would say, well, if you don't, that monster's going to get you. <gasps> or you'll turn know, into a prune. That's all oh, I already had. Oh. But <laughs> been there for two days. But you know when you pull the plug out and go, make that yeah, noise? <laughs> That brought back horror. memories. thought, what was down that hole? Yes, it was frightening. Mm. Jeez, we digress and I love we it. We do, don't we? Now, with the your snake, I wanted to say going mm. back a bit, how nice of you, even though you had your beautiful snake for 15 years, that you gave it to 
the lady's son. I did. I know. That's, it was a, a sacrifice. Be- yeah. That's beautiful. I think of it every day. I bet it's you It's by do. my bedside in a lovely picture frame. Oh. Whenever I travel, um, I had two beautiful pythons that were the loves of one another's lives. I know this is quite a bizarre story, but it's very true. I believe you. And uh, they were just lovely. And so I had a lovely photograph of them taken together. And whenever I travel around the world, they'd sit up with me in the cabin, in the hotel room. Oh. I took them everywhere and they're by my bedside now. One passed away very sadly, very old snake and it was autopsied uh it was a bit like a columbo episode oh, and wow it was it was just heart failure it was old congestive heart failure and a little bit of a fatty liver and that's what sent that snake hurtling over into the great beyond and the other one of course was was um really quite um devastated by the loss so in another way i also think the complete change of scenery almost resets them yes. so in providing that sacrifice i also thought it, that reset is a good thing because yeah. you just keep them around the same familiar uh, environment, at the same logs and whatever else, and the same old face looking at it and dangling the rats in its, um, oh, you know, yep, to I've seen tantalise that. it. It'd be grieving. Uh, it, 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 it was. It could seriously it could have been in black with a veil. Oh. It was grieving like that. How would you put the? Be a very long veil. Mm, it probably yes, it probably <laughs> would be, and then it might slide out of it. Yeah, that's right. A bit odd. Yeah, rather. We do I'm go all a, sorts of places, don't a, we? Yeah, I'm having a bit of a have vision. another sip. Yeah, I, okay. Only because you said to. shuts us up for a oh, minute. Yeah, I won't shut my face door for very long. I'll tell you. So good on you for that. Hang on a minute. Thank you. There you go. Now, yes, one of my exes actually had a giant bloody python thing, snake of the snake. Variety. Oh, yes. But in real, mm-hmm. yes, you know what I mean. It wasn't Jason Derulo. Uh, oh. That's an anaconda, I think, isn't it? Holy right. shit. Well, that's what he called see, it. No, it's kicked off Instagram because oh. he put it there. Did he? He's doodle. So. Well, I mean, it was hidden, but you could see it, and that created an outrage. And he rightly said, but how come the Kardashians can literally show everything? It's almost like a gynecology lesson. Ooh. And they get applauded, yes. and yet his little whatnot, or wasn't a little whatnot, okay. it was a rather substantial whatnot, right. hence it was dubbed the anaconda, uh, was a bit by virtue of that and the outline thereof, the shadow, he was kicked off Instasnap, Instagram, Insta, whatever, I don't know, I don't follow all this I don't either. social media nonsense, oh but there you go, who, things who, you learn, who, eh? Who was it? Jason Derulo. Oh, do you know who I was thinking? Mm. I thought you meant Mr. Um, the other Jason. Jason the... Uh, Donovan? A- <laughs> Who? I don't think I would have went for that. No. Uh, Jason, the Aquaman. Oh, Jason Momoa. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. See, yeah. That's oh, he probably I, has a mm, anaconda as well. Yes, I'd say so. Sure, so. That's why I went, oh, because I thought that's who you meant. Now, is Jason Derulo, is he a singer? Is he that yeah, singer he's a guy? singer, I think, and a model and a bit of an actor. They do everything they and do, they show it all. Yeah. You know, what can I say? Yeah. But it, that's true, you know, that women can flash everything and have bits sort of hanging out oh. everywhere. And the men can't. I think that's very unfair. Bring on the men, I say. And I'm sure from a female perspective, um, if we can gender categorise this, which probably these days you can't, I Mm. do get caught out. Mm. But, you know, you're thinking, I know what I've got and I see everything bobbing about in the breeze, whether (laughs) it be down there, up here, whatever. Uh, There's simply no filters with regard to that. But, I mean, if you want to... You know, if you want to see it in reverse, see the men's bits and bobs bouncing about in the breeze, you really have to scour, girl, don't I you? I know. You it's just not went, there. You, you went a little Ameri- American. I then, did. Girl. I know I did. I, I was channeling my inner Oprah, <laughs> and that's probably wrong too. <laughs> Can you? Check? Is this called the Alana Cancel Show? <laughs> 
<laughs> on one podcast, how many times can you be cancelled? Well, we'll see. Mm, that, we'll a, see. That's I about know. five. I can feel it now, yeah. sure. I love it. So can you channel your inner Jason Momoa, please? Uh, probably oh, not, no. Oh, my goodness. I'm old and tired and everything's saggy now, <laughs> so no, I definitely can't. Well, but uh, I'm, I, I hear you. Oh, good. Word, I I'm hear glad. You. Nothing mm. wrong with your hearing. Thank, thank God for good. Uh, for a uh, I say. Yeah, I and know. Believe me, I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling my playtex cross the heart is working well. Oh, there Remember you go. The cross your heart. I yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, see, yes. I'm, I'm back at Jason Momoa. You are. Ooh. Move on. And we were talking about men's bits, but see, I'll just leave it this part with that. that yeah, this leave little there. thought that. Really, it is very difficult to find. You, you see boobs and all sorts of things everywhere of women, and I think there should be more men bits out there in right. a tasteful, nice way. Oh, of course. You don't need to see, like, it doesn't need to be ugly. No, but, it doesn't. But, uh, yeah, good on them if they want to put their bits out. If they do. Mm. And, and if you want to enjoy the... the um, the vision of those mm-hmm. bits, well, then that's your whatever flops your mop, I what, say. Oh. Whatever coconut your lamington. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite true. Yeah, but if you're talking about that and then you say whatever flops your mop, it kind of goes, I oh, know. No, that's it, right. We better move We were going to leave that yeah, we, there oh, about five minutes we are, ago. Yeah, we were. Okay. Now, yes. I want to ask you, when you were on the Don Lane show yep. with uh, the, your snake, now I saw yes. a vision of that. And you had one of those little, um, what are they called, those little satchels? It was like an old Airways bag or something, yeah. as What's I the remember. snake in that? It was in that. That is so funny. It, it looked was, it was like, like an old Pan Am yeah, bag like or something. Yes, yeah, so it's like I got my lunch in here and a bit of paperwork. <laughs> and you walked in True. onto the show with this little bag. Yeah. And I'm thinking, is the bloody snake in that? Mm, it was. You could have pulled your lunch out of that bag and it was a snake. Oh, sure. And then mm. Don Lane went, boom, and went flying. Was he really yeah. plopping it or was he acting? No, no, he was. He was quite terrified. He was totally. <laughs> Charming and wonderful, and I remember sitting in the green room uh, beforehand, and he came in and said hello to everybody. It was, it was quite the amazing green room on that particular show. Um, there were big stars. I was young, didn't really know who they were, but I know they were very important. And he came around, shook everybody's hand, said, "This is going to be fabulous." Now, Craig, I hate snakes, so you just be good with that. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, it was all overwhelming for a teenager. It was really yes. quite astounding because. In those days, it was a huge deal. It was a show watched by millions yes, of people. I remember it. And, I mean, I'd barely been to Bateau Bay for a holiday, <laughs> let alone on a plane. And then you're on By Dom myself. Lane. Did you go Staying by in a suite at the, you know, the Regent Hotel in Melbourne oh. on Collins Street. Oh, oh, my goodness me. With producers swarming and Luxury. whatever else. And at 14. At 14. Not only that, I can remember some of those producers too, the male ones whose names shall remain completely oh. nameless. I was a very handsome young man then. Oh. My little hotel room suite phone was ringing quite a lot with them saying, would you like to have a drink, Craig? Oh, I don't think I'm old enough to drink. Oh, my you goodness. Know, it was quite extraordinary. Dear idea. Mm. Mm. That's you know, it's the way it goes. But I was invited back again yeah. uh, and, uh, and again yeah. and it was quite lovely. Don and I wound up becoming um, really quite good friends. Uh, and his end, of course, was really awful, the scourge of Alzheimer's disease. Oh, yes. And he was in a nursing home. I went to see him a few times. No recall of anything. He was this once absolutely vivacious, astonishing man, um, Mm. reduced to this shambling wreck, wandering around in like a white um, um, theatre jacket thing, 
oh. with his bottom hanging out and uh, and and just awful. Yeah. No recollection of anything. And then he left us in two thousand and nine. He was an absolute trailblazer mm. and. Um, uh, it was a friend of mine, actually, uh, in later years who discovered Don Lane because Dave Allen originally had that show and Dave Allen dropped some very naughty word on television and Dave Allen was fired and the producer, John Collins, was tasked with, you got to find somebody in quick. And he remembered seeing Don Lane singing in a cabaret room in Hawaii and yep. he went back over there and said, you to Australia, Tonight Show, and essentially that's how it was. And ah. then Don was the one who wanted Bert Newton to um, uh, be his sidekick, to yep. co-host with him, and theirs was a synergy and a magic, the likes of which you'd be hard-pressed to find again. And, of course, Bert's gone as well, and mm. uh, that's a whole chapter of our showbiz history completely closed, probably gathering dust by now. Yeah, and that they were very wonderful together. They, they kind were. of just bounced off each other, didn't they? And, but it makes me wonder, just then when you're saying, like, about Don Lane and, and how it, what he was wearing, mm. like, I've seen people when, you know, they're in hospital and they're, you know, close to passing away, and I often wonder why they aren't given more dignity. Like, even if they mm. don't know what's going on, like, I know, I'm sure they do their best, but that kind of just crossed my mind. But uh. Well, uh, another instance um, about that is a very good friend of mine, from G Willikers when I first started as a journalist on the Daily Mirror newspaper in Sydney, so I'd have been eighteen. Mm-hmm. So that was nineteen eighty, and I started as a copy boy and then a cadet. And Jeannie Little was one of the first great celebrities that I interviewed. The fabulous Jeannie Little. Hello, darling. Oh, oh aren't I you love wonderful, Jeannie Alana? Yes. She was absolutely wonderful. Of course, we became great friends. Travelled the world together. Um, had so many fabulous shenanigans and hijinks over decades. Well, of course, it was around about 2010, 2009, 2010, I think, that she was admitted to nursing care with Alzheimer's disease. Of course, it had been brewing for a while. Jean covered it up so cleverly because, not that maybe she was intending it to be clever, but because she called it, hello, darling, everybody was darling, oh, I don't remember anything, which was all part of her gig. When this began to happen, people just thought, oh, that's just Jean. You know, she's gone a little nuttier than than usual. And I remember having her uh, to my home one of just before she was diagnosed and she always was so helpful and she would say, oh, darling, I'll clean up the dishes and everything and she'd sort of scamper around and she's standing in the kitchen with a great big uh, tray full of dishes and she said, darling, where's the kitchen? And she's standing in it and I remember another entertainer was there and said, Craig, I think there's something wrong with Jeannie. I've noticed this over the last year or so. Had a chat with Jeannie's husband, Barry, and they went to see Professor Bro. Uh, who is a leading Alzheimer's dementia, the gerontologist, uh, who said she has not only Alzheimer's disease, but they called it galloping Alzheimer's, meaning it was really progressing fast. Shortly after that, she wound up in nursing care. Shortly after that, she was lying in a bed for near on 10 years, staring at a white ceiling, unable to move. And I would look at that and I'd see her being fed and this great rail around and they'd put her in this sling and basically take her through something akin to a car wash to bathe and shower her. mm, And I thought if ever there was the case for voluntary euthanasia, there it is because I can remember as she began to go into the cruel fogs of dementia, I remember she saying to us, 
Barry, if ever I get like that, if everything goes, I don't want to be here, just put a pillow over my face. And it was so confronting at the time, but I would look down at this woman, this amazing, incredible person every time I would visit. Most people never visited her, all of those showbiz friends never bothered. Because, and I understand too, I would be in touch with some who'd say, oh, we can't, it's too heartbreaking to go and see Jean like that. Or others would say... Well, she's not going to know me anyway, so essentially oh. what's the point? Why put petrol no. in the car to go and visit oh, her? No, I'd have to go and see her. Alana, I would always think that although it's like the curtain is down, I always thought maybe deep down inside, in her soul, she's looking out, she can't articulate what she sees, maybe she doesn't remember to know anything, but inside she might be thinking there is somebody standing over by my bed holding my hand, yes. singing me a little song. Oh. And I think that is something that we should always think about when mm-hmm. we say, oh, they won't remember, I, I won't be bothered, oh, they won't know, or it's That's all a waste awful. of time. Oh. I always used to look into her soul and think, I just wonder, and I wonder if I were in that situation, every time you're staring at the ceiling and there's absolutely nothing but white, or if you do see a little face over you, at least you know somebody cares, yes. don't you Absol- think? Oh, I totally, absolutely agree. And I really do think that deep in there, in their soul, they do know you're there, and I they do. they I do mm-hmm. in somehow remember you. And and even later on, when they've passed over, gone to the other side, they've yeah, been gathered. They they will know, mm. even if they didn't know then. But I still reckon they do. A little part of them knows that you'd be there. They'd know afterwards, and and they would be so grateful. I hope so. That someone was there. Absolutely, I I totally believe that. What's interesting is she was a woman who, well, she used to tell the most amazing lunch and dinner party stories. But one of my favourites from her, and she absolutely swore up Hill Dandale it was true. She was taken by aliens when she was young, yeah, and uh, she was living with her family and a whole bunch of sisters um, in Brighton Le Sands in Sydney. And one Saturday afternoon, she was reading on her bed, and everything started shaking, and she was sucked out of that window and up into something that hovered above the hills hoist, and she was snatched the by hills aliens. Hoist, the as old in hills hoist. The hills hoist is a um. A Bloody um, washing, washing line. line. I was yeah. going to say washing machine. Invented washing in Australia. Yes. That's right. Quite the novel. That's in ca- for the American listeners. We're uh, just that, and yes, and you're thinking, what the heck is What's he rambling about? A hills hoist. What's a genie little? <laughs> uh, so in any event, up she goes She's and down legend. she comes and, and all of that. And it was <clears throat> fabulous. And, of course, Jeannie was very psychic too and she read tea leaves. And was she? Oh, yes, very psychic. Read tea leaves. So the spirit world was always around her. And I can remember one day we're having uh, lunch at my place and she uh, – and I said, Jean, why don't we read the champagne flutes? Oh, yes, darling, look at that. Now, I can see there's a lot of money coming your way, darling, and I knew full stop there she was making it all up because <laughs> you can't read, not like the teacups where all the leaves are stuck, stuck around there yeah. and whatever. It's absolutely nothing. Uh, anyway, the, the interesting thing is her daughter Katie is a very close friend of mine and I say, is your mother ever around you? Never, absolutely not. She is gone absolutely has not visited once and yet Katie is very psychic. So it's interesting that Jeannie, like the horse that's bolted, the stable door is slammed shut and there ain't nothing there. Wow, Isn't that interesting? uh, Has she visited you? No, I've not had her around either and I thought so because I'm usually quite perceptive on things like that. Not had her, not felt her. However, maybe because I continue to talk about that, her, that she is somewhere in my subconscious. She yes. might be visiting, but 
but in such a subtle way I'd imagine with that third microphone there I could almost see the shadowy vision of Jeannie there going, oh, ah, in a garbage <laughs> bag or, you know, yes. sequins or something yes. and eyelashes that look like those things you clean spider webs off I with. forgot about her eyelashes. So I always thought, how does she blink? Like that would mm. be so uncomfortable. A lot of practice getting the, the eyelid muscles strong enough <laughs> to hold up those incredible eyelashes. Yes. It were like garage doors, weren't yeah, they? they <laughs> it's like um, like the an Iron Man or something having to do things to yeah, the weight. She'd have you to build do that up. Mm. To, to exercise to get oh, ready yes. for her eyelashes. Oh, heck yeah, that's She's right. just doing that to work out. Mm. 35 tonnes of glue across yeah. each lid <laughs> yes. just to keep them on. See, that's very special just wearing those. Let alone a garbage bag on top of that. Could you imagine? I know. No wonder she was so thin, those garbage bags, seriously. See, the whole time she's having one of those sweat bloody... Yeah, remember those old things? Wrap yourself in glad wrap. That's right. Mm, No. My mother used to have one of these <laughs> machines to lose weight with a belt around like that. Yes, and then they worked terrible. out years later that it was terrible because it caused all these awful kidney complaints as you had yep. the belt go across and shake yes. you like that. That's right. She'd sit in the, she'd stand up on this contraption she'd rent in our um, lounge room. Snake's in the bedroom, by the way, folks. <laughs> Door shut, television on. She's on the hot orange Hugo carpet tiles and she's watching uh, Days of Our Lives on the old HMV with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> like that, trying to lose weight. Oh, my oh, gosh. Our yep. childhoods were quite fun. You're behind me. I'm aware of that. Your mother probably didn't have one of those. Uh, yeah, no. I had one of those similar only about 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, did you? And my mum, she's she's um, 81 in February, actually, yes. and she's such a spring chicken. She is just bloody unreal. So a couple of years ago, I actually put her on one of those things. I'm going, you'll be right, mum. Well, she laughed that much. I forgot to tell it now. Because it happened to me too. If you get on that and you turn it up too high, the teeth will come out of your head even oh. though they're yours. Like your eyes are crossed <laughs> and you pee. You're like, even right? if it's just a little bit, you pee. Cause you're oh, like, oh, my shit. gosh. What, even the pelvic floor exercises? <laughs> that didn't help. On an industrial scale wouldn't stop the <laughs> no, leakage. It's terrible. So, oh. yeah, poor mum. But anyway, so Jeannie Little, what a beautiful lady. Yeah, I do she remember was watching her. Gorgeous. And I'm thinking maybe she hasn't. Um, Sort of said hello to a daughter or something. Sometimes if you're a little bit close to the situation... Is that right? Yes. Okay. You can miss signs or you're still grieving or you're still... Like things like that. I don't know. But I I still believe that people, after they've passed over, give you messages. See this here? Yes. Now, people off screen can't see this, so I'm about to bring it over. Yeah. I'll be back. There you go. Oh, you've got... See, now this five-cent five piece, piece and there's another two on the table just over yonder. I see them. Now these are a friend of mine, um, that all, my whole family, he used to, he was with my sister for a long time, most beautiful, beautiful man. He was so funny. He, he was just generous, lovely. And he ended up committing suicide. And afterwards when his father died, and I was in the same room just after his father died, and I knew da- his name's Dale, that he was there. And I said, can you leave five cent pieces around to say hello to me? Well, since then, I have got ja- like a jar full. It was quite a few years ago. Wow. And I've got a jar full of just, he leaves five cent pieces in the most funniest places where I have to actually work for them to get them. And, and the go, funniest hello. place? But, where you found a five cent piece? <laughs> it had nothing to do with, um, um, <laughs> what did you say before? Not curbs, um, yeah, cul-de-sac. Yeah, cul-de-sac, no, right, no. Okay. But, And one, one time my mum and I were walking along 
and a five cent piece just flung out of the air and just dropped in front of us. Really? It's and that was from him. Yeah, your that's, friend Dale. Yeah, why that's did why he, these are here. Why did he end his life? We don't know. Mm-hmm. We actually don't know. He did you suspect that would something he never, might do? Never, never, never. He was so happy and so fun and so generous and so never not. You never know, do you? Not for a second. And he jumped off the wa- a waterfall over wow. near Byron Bay. Wow. Just no warning, no anything. He said to his girlfriend at the time, I'm just going to go and kill myself. And he went to the waterfall and jumped off night time wow. at Federal near Byron Bay. Oh. Awful. But, yeah, I, he, but he is just such a beautiful person. So that's why there's five cent pieces here because sometimes when I'm doing things out here or he leaves them for Rob who owns the studio and that's his little hello. Do you sometimes look back and without being acquisitive think, why didn't I suggest the sign was a $100 bill <laughs> rather than a five-cent piece? Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Right. Did you hear that, yeah, Dale? Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Hundred, hundred, instead $100 of five-cent bill and five-cent piece, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never thought of that. Okay, well, I think he's heard us now. Thank you. I'm just Jay looking young. after you. Thank you very much. My first $100 bill that I find, mm. I'll get house. And I hope that you find them everywhere, the way you're finding these five-cent pieces. Because I've got jars of them and Mm. every time, it doesn't matter where I am, if I'm in a supermarket, if I'm wherever I am and I find them, I always go, oh, thank you, you Dale, Dale. thank you. And people just randomly see me going, thank you, Dale, and they're like, what's wrong with her? But they often think that before I start doing that. It's a thing, isn't it? It is. But I guess, you know, if if the five-cent pieces could be... um, transmogrified into $100 bills, mm. you wouldn't need jars, you just need a Swiss account. That's right, yep. Would okay. be good, wouldn't it? I'm going to, I'm going to uh, open a Swiss Work account on that. this afternoon. Hope so. In preparation. Definitely. Right, yeah. Should be done. I know, I am. And now, mm. I'm going to have, I'll tell you what, you know how you're saying Jeannie Little was uh, pretending to read? She could read the glasses, yeah. I, I can read this one. It's and what does it say? It's freaking She empty. needs a top up. Yeah, okay. Now, if I... <laughs> See, I can read that and, yeah. you know, really... I it's am. T- miraculously. Grant Burge is <laughs> stunning. Do you realise that's Denise Drysdale's favourite drop, Grant Burge? That is a oh, really... Oh, you betcha, Bippy. <gasps> See? Absolutely. I, pe- I went and got that last night. It's do you, lovely. Do you want to do the honours? How could you possibly say, oh, my God, that's so rough in the mouth, I feel what? as I've got steel wool in there. <laughs> I don't think I said that. But <laughs> well, the, the inference was certainly there. No, it was a little apple it's cider lovely. vinegar. Yeah, well, that's right. But you know what? I am a beer drinker. Thank you. Oh, no. Yeah. Please don't. There we oh, go. Oh, I've oh, spilt it. it. Well, go look, there this go. way. We'll be right. Hang on. Now we need... There we go. Tsunami yeah. alert. Yeah. <laughs> Grand Burge everywhere. All over the console. I'll be back. Can you just chat amongst yourself? I will. Now, I've got a question. Because I'm, I'm a bit like Sybil. I've got 13 different personalities. So you go and find a yeah. Chucks. I'll talk amongst <laughs> myself. Would you like me to ask my own questions? Yes, I do. So, Craig, now how was it that you got into gossip? Well, it's interesting, Craig, because... I'll be back. That's right. It's interesting because when I needed to leave school, you can't stay there forever. I thought, now what could I possibly do? Yeah, um, I've got one thing. Can yeah. you not... Um, out, like out, interview you. Yes, because yeah, then okay. I'll just be. I might as well go and sit over there, and you can interview your own self. Mind you, I've got to say it's actually quite a concept, isn't it? You yes, know, the questions we, you ask of yeah, yourself. But we won't go there. No, we won't go there because anyway. You've cleaned that I, up. You're I, back, and yeah, that's fabulous. I don't want to be redundant, but that's no, good. no. I would. You would never be mm. redundant in my world. Right. Oh, thank you. Now I like you'd the make question. a great champagne pourer. I would, even though you did it and spill it. <laughs> Cheers again. Cheers. Now you're I'm enjoying this. There's a, there's a couple of beers over there now. That's if we run out of champagne. Okay. Yeah. Now, 
What was the question you asked your own self? Oh, how did I get into showbiz reporting? Yes, that's it. Was now, that it? Was that yeah. the question you were going to uh, ask? That's yeah, that's exactly it. There you go. Look, I'm Mr. Tan already. I took half my um, rings off because I tend to go like this. Yeah, and it does. It it makes Very a noise, doesn't it? It does. I know. So I'm, I'll refrain. I'll be like this. So continue. With your own um, I would rather you ask the question oh, and then I'll, I'll answer it in a deliciously organic fashion. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Now, I was just wondering, Craig. Yeah. Yes. Um, just a random question. Of course. Oh, yeah. Now, how did you get into, like, the TV and the gossip and the entertainment reporting side of things? Right. Well, as one pirouettes through life, um, mm. eventually it's like being a bird being kicked out of the nest. Right. We're kicked out of school. And as we approach that point of no Looking return... Out, I it, ran. I ran oh, from school. Oh, sure. I didn't want to be there either, but it's like your mother will sit you down and your father might look on, um, you know, with, with some consternation and say, now what are you going to do, son? Or in your case, what are you going to do, daughter? And you mm. think, what am I going to do? With a voice like this, I could hardly be a newsreader. You know, I sound like the love child of Bernard King, Jeannie Little and John Michael Howson. <laughs> So, well, you know, a career in broadcasting might not be a possible. Uh, and then I thought, well, I love writing and things like that. So I wound up becoming a cadet on the Daily Mirror newspaper. That was 1980. I was 17 and a half, 18, whatever it was. Got a job there and that was wonderful. That was News Limited back in the days when it reported facts and it didn't have biases and so forth. Yes. Uh, though it was... Uh, owned by um, Mr Murdoch and I remember encountering him as a teenager in the lift on several occasions, a totally charming man. Oh, and nice. I remember we were always told by the cadet boss, now if you get into the lift and Mr Murdoch said, don't look him in the eye and don't say anything. And I thought, oh, this is all odd. Uh, you know, he was Jennifer Lopez before Jennifer Lopez, wasn't he? <laughs> don't look her in the eye, yeah. whatever. And I remember one day bouncing into the lift and there was this man. I said, oh, good morning, Mr Murdoch. Oh, good morning. It was absolutely charming. Off onto the fourth floor editorial and that was lovely. Um, and so I'd run around getting lunches for people and fetching files from the library and that's what a copy boy does, like mm. a general dog's body. Everything but the fleas. And uh, then I worked my we way hope. up to a cadet, did mm. the shorthand. Ida Buttrose was my boss back then oh, and she wow. was a wonderful, nurturing, incredible, extremely encouraging, highly approachable person as, as a boss. She had this, I have to say, this incredible charisma, the likes of which I've not seen back in those days. Mm. The newspaper biz was very much a man's world. Yes. To see the extraordinarily quaffed Ita always in some fabulous gown, she would walk through that newsroom from her wonderful big office on Mahogany Row. So she'd walk through the newsroom, you know, to have a chat with the editor or whatever it might be. It was like the parting of the Red Sea. Oh, my gosh, here she comes. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, oh. there – and, you know, of course, we only ever called her as copy boys, Miss Buttrose, but it was always such a thrill to go and get lunch for Miss Buttrose or – She always looked so elegant. Oh, incredible. Mm. And even when there were the strikes, back in those days there'd be journalist strikes, she'd be there working out the layout on a Saturday 
afternoon to get the Sunday Telegraph out and she had a driver. And my gosh, for a young person, she has a driver. A man drives. You just went American again. Oh, my gosh. And then, you know, sometimes we'd have to take in those days, there were computers you wrote things on, but all of the layouts were done on bits of paper and so she'd have final say over the proof. So sometimes the best job for a copy boy was uh, you're going to hop into Miss Buttrose's car and take these around to her home and drop her off the proofs of the Sunday Telegraph. Oh, wow. And so, you know, you'd ring the doorbell and the door, and there'd be the grill there and you'd, oh, Miss Buttrose, it's Craig from the Sunday Telegraph. And I'm, thank you very much, Craig. That's lovely. Thank you. And then the door would shut. <laughs> you just and that was great. And it was wonderful. Talked. I adored her. And then all yeah. those decades later, seriously adored her. Mm. And uh, many decades later, of course, when we started on Studio 10, as I was the original showbiz reporter, she was one of the original panellists. Joe Hildebrand, Sarah Harris, of course, Skip Bring of Fabulous Show, Jessica Rowe, mm-hmm. Joe Hildebrand and Ida Buttrose and always a revolving seat. And Ida is – and she has just turned 80 years young. Oh, wow. And is a most stunning, invigorating, incredibly inspiring person. Yeah. I cannot – Speak of her highly enough. Yeah. And she was one of the first to absolutely punch through that glass ceiling in terms of where a woman could go, how she could do it, and she did it with such aplomb and such incredible style. Mm. I might say she continues to do. Always replies to every email or every text message. She may well be chairperson of the ABC with her inbox absolutely full, but it's nice to know that she replies to everybody. Yeah, that's, that's Incredible. absolutely beautiful. Yeah. The, Great integrity, yes. incredible decency and so much class and style. Yeah. That's what I always, when I look at her, now I keep moving this bloody thing because I'm trying to make sure that I, I know. it's there and also here. So, mm. and I need, I need this access. Of course you do. This access I know. as well. You so need that elbow action. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm, I'm used to that. I am quite a seasoned drinker, just not with the champagne. That's it. But, but you I'll are you, now. Your oh, L plates, I think, could be peeled off. I think. And you're on your peas. I'm on the. That's yeah, it. I'm, I'm beyond the peas now. You've this, almost smashed I'm a bottle. The peas I might, might be getting the that's peas. That's right. I'll ask myself questions should you need to. Yeah, thank you very much. You're very good to interview because if, if I need to go and do something else, you can just. You could take Continue. a holiday and I'd still be chatting yeah. when you got That's, back. Oh, Even it. if the queues at immigration were long, there'd be no blank spots. <laughs> I'm a bit the same. I can I can rave on too. Now, I want to get to yes. that you are also an author. Now, do you sleep ever? Look, all the things that you do and now you <laughs> have you, – you've written two books and one of them was – now, I like this. Now, where have I written it? It's the one about – oh. That's quite a dress you almost have on. Yes, that's right, which I is a quote it. from the movie Gigi, you know, with oh. Leslie Cowan. Oh. And that was a book I wrote back in, I think, 2007. Right. Mm. Yeah, it was a while ago, and I think it was. Might have been later, can't remember. But it was a book of uh, the, the bittiest, it was a book of the bitchiest, wittiest movie quotes right. uh, of all time. And that meant seeing. Hundreds of movies and sitting there with a notepad, the old ones, the new ones and everything in between and think, oh my gosh, that line was fabulous. Rewind that bit of a tape and and making a note of the quote. So it's like 300 of the bitchiest, wittiest, most scarifying, outrageous movie quotes ever. And then my second book that came out a couple of years ago, still available, uh, all good bookstores or Booktopia or whatever, is True Confessions of a Shameless Gossip. Yes, I was getting to that. I'm going out to buy that book. 
I hope so, yes, Amana. Tomorrow. Not, Holy Toledo. Not today I mightn't be able to drive. No, that's it. But mm. tomorrow. I can't wait to read it. So what's it called again, Craig? True Confessions of a Shameless Gossip. And I am a shameless gossip, but in the nicest way. Yes. Not a nasty no, way. That's Never right. nasty. No, I noticed that. That's why. Um, I think it's very nice to sit here and have a yap with you. I don't like putting people down no matter what. No. And I never Send did. it up, but always with good humour, yeah, you know. It. Have a bit of a laugh and a yep. bit of a lend. In a nice But always way. with a bit of integrity and, mm-hmm. and never to set out to – I look at some showbiz um, uh, reporters – uh, or gossips, whatever, and there's always an edge, a snideness, a bitchiness, whatever yes. it is, and that doesn't fly with me. No, because me either. We can talk about people and we can talk about all these fabulous and not-so-fabulous people, but they are people mm. and you need to remember that. And how would you like to be spoken about in that really horrible yes, way? Exactly. Sent up, sure, but, you know, really nasty stuff and, and so I, I don't do that and I no, don't like I, d- I don't do, do it. it on this on the podcast. I don't Good. do it in real life. I don't Fabulous. We had the that. right person sitting yes. next to you, Cheers didn't you? To Cheers to that, I say. There we go. There's another Shit. one. Yep. <laughs> we are under the third is. bottle by now, aren't oh, we? Oh, I wish. I tell you what, this is getting really good. Now, I wanted uh-huh. to go back to, you know yes. when you said you were at working at the, the Mirror yes. and the Telegraph? Yeah. Now, way back then, because I'm originally from Tamworth. Are you? Yes, I am. Show Yee-haw! You are. Look, it's Fabulous. It's the music, country music mm. capital of Australia. It is. It is. See, every time I say Tamworth, yee-haw! Golden Guitar Awards and all that lovely stuff. All the yee-haws. I love it. And a couple of weeks ago, I had um, James Blundell on oh, the podcast. Yeah. <gasps> I, I'm a, like, I was a little bit starstruck. Because I, since I was in my 20s, I love James Wendell's music. Yes. So we had a good old yap here for, for about an hour and it was just wonderful. He's got the best stories. He's so so funny and kind yes. and lovely. Yes, um, But yes, being Kindness Tamworth, is a good quality, oh, isn't it? I love it. And, and more people should have it, I say. Yes, I do too. Uh, hang Cheers. On a minute, yep, there you go. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yes, from mm. Tamworth. Where was I getting to? I don't know. Oh, I know. Right, so little old Tamworth country girl, grew up mainly on a farm. Yes. And then I started doing modelling at about 14, 15. I had yes. my first drink of spew mandy at 14. You did, and mm. you didn't enjoy mm, that? No. Well, n- not the after parts. No. During I did. That wasn't too bad. So, and that was with my cousin. Hello, cousin. She's uh, She's still she's, with us? She's still with us, right. yes. Yeah, Good. She, she doesn't like spew mandy either. I'm sure. So then I went to Sydney and I did modelling here and there, and I got asked to do a lot of creepy things. I thought, yes. uh, no, thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually have morals and a brain. Yeah. Like, and especially <laughs> back then, it was all, show us your boobs. I'm like, uh, no. Oh, yeah. Back then. So, I suppose it is like that now. But I was a page three girl. Were you? In I the did. Daily Mirror or the Sun or which one? The I was in Sydney. I, what, did the, the Sydney Telegraph? Sun, I think. Yeah. Maybe the Telegraph. Can't what year would that have been? Oh, shit. Uh, 80... Five, oh, okay. Could have been the Sydney Sun. Might have been about 86. Daily Telegram. Yeah, yeah the, sure. the page three girl. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm a page three girl. Because that was quite a big thing back then. Oh, you bet. Mm. So, the, I just wanted to throw that bit in. I'm glad you did. I caught Thank it. And I'm very Good glad day. to receive it. Cool. Right now, we're jumping forward. Now, are you, you going to just have a little talk amongst yourself while I have a look here? No, oh, no. totally. I thought of another story. What was that? You know how you were talking about the snakes before? Yes. One of my exes had a pet snake. Yes. It was bloody huge and it was down in Wollongong. And he had it in like the big glass case and mm-hmm. the, the thing to warm it up and all that. And he, he loved it. And I thought I was Xena Warrior Princess. So I, he was constantly saying to me, Alana, get your head out of the snake cage. Because I'd 
get into the, it was huge, get into the cage to just go and say hello to it. Good. And then I'd bring it out and put it around my neck. How and lovely. Bring, I loved You're it. You're like Medusa. Yes, mm. I was. And a little bit as well. And then I had it around my neck one time and then I looked and I went, oh, like there's this big white smear oh, up my arm. Oh, yes, it had pooed. It had pooed. And yeah, I'm going, hey. I don't even know where it's like Near the end of the tail. Is you it? Know, it's right. down there somewhere. So it must have done it not at this stage. Like I Probably still. nervous. I was. Well, it should have page been. Page five, girl. Page three, girl. <laughs> three. Three, girl. Uh, I got demoted. <laughs> well. Yeah. So, and, I think and I've been well, further forward. Yes, well, that's right. Well, I, something could have been further forward because it, it just smeared. And because I've got it round here and going, I'm Xena Warrior Princess, I, I actually did like the snake. I was being very nice. But I was. Just as going, where is its bum for mm. it to do it's that? It's there somewhere. Mm. Mm. It's a little vent. It, it certainly is. Yeah. So then I, I put it at, put it back in its cage and everything. Yeah. And but I always felt sorry for it being in there. Yes, I do too. And we, and we'd let it out. And sometimes you'd think it just does not want to go back in because it'd wrap itself around oh, like yes. a table so don't want leg. Go or, back in. No, no. I don't blame them. So I always oh. my habitats for them were enormous, like maybe as big as this room oh, for two of it. them. And my blue tongues have the entire front garden of the house I'm wow. living in now. So I'd never have them in like little things like that. Yeah. Couldn't bear it. I know. I, I felt really sorry for it too. Yes. And I've always been an animal lover and um, been a vegetarian for over twenty five years. Good girls. So I haven't stuff. been twenty five years, but I certainly am now. Are you? Only by virtue of the animal cruelty, you know. Yes. My very great friend is the beautiful, wonderful, amazing, inspiring, I cannot find enough superlatives, Linda Stoner. I thought you were going to say yeah, that. who was yes. the wonderful TV star turned um, animal rights activist in inverted commas. Um, sometimes don't like that word because it seems like a pejorative and people, oh, an activist. Yes, um, and like as if you're crazy and hugging that's trees. Right. And but you know, this is the thing, Alana, back in those days we often speak about it and um, – uh, you know, she was a wonderful star on Cop Shop, Amanda King, fabulous back in the 70s. And her story, just in a nutshell, is quite remarkable because her parents are from Adelaide and she was back down there for Christmas and I guess it was about 1977 and she was just a typical girl and she was beautiful and fabulous and in much demand. She walked by the television one day and she saw the seals being clubbed oh, in Canada yes. and the ice flows turning red mm. and she thought, what the hell is that? didn't have a clue about these things and looked on in absolute horror. Oh, and and mm. from that moment forward, her entire life changed and uh, right away she became a vegetarian. Suddenly, when you don't think about things like that lump of steak or yes. that chicken breast or whatever, and it's all packaged up beautifully in the supermarket, suddenly to see that you, like, you would wear a fur coat, suddenly it's like, oh, my God, that coat I wear, that's how it came to yes. be in the shop and on my back. Yes. And likewise, you look at those things and so we often talk about it and the incredible things she does and this absolutely odious, appalling government that does everything it possibly can to prevent fabulous people like her exposing the horrors that go on to yes. make more people aware and to help those animals and things. Yep. And so being her friend for a long time, it was only a matter of course before suddenly I just couldn't do it anymore yep. and so then just uh, became vegetarian and and so forth and I find there are so many people now who are completely conversant with that and it's yeah. not difficult and it's quite lovely I feel so much better I haven't lost weight because I eat 20 times more of everything <laughs> 
you know, and I drink. That's the problem. Uh, and, of course, Linda won't even drink things like this because, you know, fish bones are used. She's an absolute vegan. What? So fish bones are used to filter white wine and that's what she says. I've not researched, I've not done the deep dive. I just take her at a word because I, I know she's a woman I, of her word. Oh. And so therefore she won't uh, drink that for that. But she's incredible. And, uh, and, and back in those days, she would tell me on the cop shop set, so um, she was the only one that was vegetarian. She I was given imagine. a great yeah. deal of, of grief. Other actors who shall remain nameless would say, you're nothing but an effing crackpot. Get a grip, girl. This yes. is ma-. And all of that. Well, that and she Awful. just held her ground and she found great solace in a wonderful actor who is still with us, two-time Gold Logie winner. He was another one who... Um, Back in the day was one of the few, and that's Gerard Kennedy, who was on Division Four, mm-hmm. Detective Sergeant Frank Banner. He what he became a vegetarian way back then, and it's because he wound up with a job in between acting gigs. He wound up with a job in the abattoirs. I thought you were going to oh say my that. God. Don't tell me anything too disturbing. No, no, I and can't. he just said to me, "You know, I went to work and oh. I really needed the money, and I did it, and I did it for a couple of days, and I walked out of there, and I never ate meat again. The yeah. things I saw were so hideous, oh. and all of that. Well, then, of course, he and Linda." really kind of bonded mm. and then slowly but surely other people on cop shop kind of suddenly ceased seeing her as this crazy woman this nutcase that should sit in the corner and of course back in those days if you're a vegetarian in the the 70s all a salad was sort of like about it yes or maybe a mushroom or something yes, and that was that because when it's probably it's it's probably 26 27 years that I've been a vegetarian so, so what was it like day 1 for you well it, it was kind of like a progression. I remember when I was a teenager, and I grew up on a farm too, and I saw all sorts of things, but mm. but that mainly on a farm in Tamworth. And, but that kind of, I don't know whether that was part of it. I think it was just always, I always knew that I'd never have kids and that I'm here to look after animals. So then to be a full vegetarian as a teenager was just, that was just natural to me. But I used to cop it too. So I, I never used to tell anyone that I was because they'd all say, oh, you're a bloody idiot and just have a steak. And I was always quite oh. thin and all that. And I'm like, I'm not carrying on about what you eat. It's my business what I do. So Correct. Hang on. Where's me? Half. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad we've got a blueberry here. <laughs> yep, get them in there. Mm. So it, and sometimes – and it was really difficult. If you were out somewhere – it was so difficult to get something to eat. Now mm-hmm. it's like Christmas. Oh, but it's back fabulous. then there was nothing. Even gravies made out of um, some sort of animal thing. But all I could have if I was at a cafe was potato chips or something. You know? Yes. And yeah. so many times I'd go into a shop and say, so what do you got vegetarian? And I don't know how many times they said, um, chicken? Huh? Vegetarian, what? right. Yeah. Mm. Heaps of times. Because way back then I think they thought a vegetarian was someone – Besides the fact that they were... Didn't eat red meat only, that's it. it. So they go, yeah, we've got chicken. And I'm like, ah, yeah, no, I think that's still an animal, but Mm. thanks anyway. So, yeah. (laughs) But but now it's heaps better. And I will never, ever, ever eat an animal again. But I don't shove it down anyone's neck or, you know, I don't care what... Well, I'm bowing at the altar of Alana. I think you are even more amazing because it is a big lifestyle Mm -hmm. adjustment. Yes. And... uh, 
certainly in your early years, you really had to struggle to find some kind of joy in eating, but you did it because of the animal cruelty aspect. Mm. Now, of course, the the options are vast and oh, fabulous. It's amazing, but they're so bloody expensive because we're still a minority, mm. so they, they just make it so expensive. And of course, but and a lot of the really good stuff comes from America too, so, you know, the Beyond... Beyond Meat and all of that is yep. one. But I see, here's the interesting point, and I want to pop this to you, having been um, a, a vegetarian for near on 30 mm. years, three decades mm. in your case. Um, I still enjoy, like, the, um, the the hamburgers with the Beyond Beef patties and things like that. And people might then say, but if you don't want the meat or you don't, it's not a matter of liking the flavour, it's the animal cruelty aspect. Yes. Is that how it is with you? Yes, absolutely. Mm. It, it's... That's not li- not not liking the flavour no, of it. No, it was all about I do not want to eat an animal. Right. I, I don't like what's done to them. I don't like. It, it definitely all about. Um, I just don't want to eat an animal. I can't. No. I can I just can't. I from an early age, like I said, I knew that. So you'd seen it yep. as a farm girl. You see what happens. Yeah. And, and there's a lot you don't see from when they go to, the, as you said, the But the intense farming now is just horrific. The, yeah, uh, I can't even horrific. think about it. No, me neither. Yes, and right, we've got to have a drink. Long before I yeah. became vegetarian a couple of years ago, so I'm on my L plates with all of that. Yeah. But I have not eaten pork probably in about 15 years because for some reason, my little pig there. I saw for that. For some reason, I, I absolutely have, I, I felt like it's almost like some kind of guiding light. It's almost like my spirit animal or something, and I know Linda told me how they're disposed of mm. and, the, and, and the intelligence of them and all of that. So a long, long time ago before anything else, never ham, never bacon, absolutely yep. no um, uh, pork products at all. And then just gradually from there off with the red meat, then gradually off of the chicken yep. uh, and then sort of fish. And then she would say to me, Darling, what happens to the fish and all of that? And so then off with that as well. Yeah. But I'm just so glad there's so many options. I love it. To live here in Queensland, and I know that there are people listening from all over the world, mm-hmm. but to get avocados that are so voluptuous and gorgeous and I'm lovely and they don't go yeah. black and the flavour's terrific. Mm-hmm. Sydney ones are horrible. They're either hard as bullets or they're as... You know, oh. they're, 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 could, they're this black and horrible and got sort of like this mildewy stuff inside. When I lived in America for years, of course, they had just the most beautiful avocados all the time, like the ones in Queensland. And I hope where oh. you are listening, you can find a decent avocado. Yes, I do too. You know, that's our blessing for the day, isn't it, Craig? Yes, that was my we, little blessing. Yeah, we hope you can find a beautiful, luscious, what did you call it before? I sound like Dr Robert yeah. Schuller from the Crystal Palace. I hope oh. that you too, my child, can find a beautiful, voluptuous, flavourful and firm, <laughs> but not too hard, avocado. Thank you. <laughs> that... That is just, I feel like I'm blessed now just hearing I that. I hope so. And to mm. carry on, it won't be as, oh, as spiritual and beautiful as what you just said. But from avocado, you can make chocolate mousse. Oh, I know. Isn't it the best thing oh, in the world? Oh, stuff my mushrooms. It oh. is 
scrumptious. I'll have your stuffed mushrooms yep. any day uh, now, especially okay. I know the provenance. Mm-hmm. We're rambling Move on to here, our super set now, but yeah. I love it. Oh, good. See, that's what I wanted. Like, as if we're sitting in our lounge room having well, a we drink and blueberries. We've got wingback chairs I there, know. blueberries. Love I it. No, it's. Bloody simply stunning. Now, let's go through a few mm. superstars. Oh, yes. That, that you've uh, interviewed. For all info, go to www.alanafitzgerald.com.au. I've been a few too many W's there. Anyway, thanks for listening to Alana's Because I Can podcast. Because I can.